Hi, this is Manton Reese, M-A-N-T-O-N dot O-R-G. This recording is called Hillary. It's February 18th, 2008. As I record this, it's about two weeks before the Texas primary, the critical day for either Hillary Clinton to regain leadership in the Democratic campaign or for Barack Obama to ride a wave of enthusiasm to the nomination. Everyone agrees we are at a pivotal time in our country's history. I feel strongly about this campaign, and I want to share some of that with you. But first, how did we get here? If you're tired of this business about pitting one group of, of people against another, why don't we have a uniter, not a divider as a leader? If you want somebody who's going to have an agenda that is positive and hopeful and optimistic, a growth agenda for our economy, a peace agenda for the world. This mathematical fact, unless he wins the state of Florida, if our projections hold up, he cannot win the White House. We'll hear argument now in number 00949, George W. Bush and Richard Cheney versus Albert Gore. Now the U.S. Supreme Court has spoken. Let there be no doubt, while I strongly disagree with the court's decision, I accept it. I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time tonight so I can discuss with you a complex and difficult issue, an issue that is one of the most profound of our time. The issue of research involving stem cells derived from human embryos is increasingly the subject of a national debate. Breaking into uh, Susan's report to give you breaking news from New York City where planes... Right oh, there's now. another one. Another plane just hit. <gasps> right. Oh, my gosh. Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Flew right into the middle of it. A stunning and cowardly strike on the United States. Terrorists and mighty skyscrapers crumbling to the ground. Many innocent people are dead. The president vows the killers will pay for this attack on America. Fear ruled that day and in the weeks following. We can complain about who voted for the Iraq war. I was opposed to Iraq from the start. Because in hindsight, it's easier to know that it was a mistake. But at the time, a republic had failed us and true journalism and debate were pretty much dead. I did vote with Senator Byrd to limit the authority that was being given to President Bush to one year, and that also was not approved. If the presidential election had been held two years ago, the war would have been the most important issue. Now I'm not so sure. This November, the top voter concerns will include a failing economy, an opportunity for universal health care, an energy crisis, there are good solutions on the table from the Democrats for all of these. Tax credits for health care and college, a proposed energy fund to encourage renewable energy and grow good jobs. But let's understand more broadly that the economic problems that African Americans are experiencing, whites are experiencing, blacks uh, and, and Latinos are experiencing in this country are all rooted in the fact that we have had an economy out of balance. We've had tax cuts that went up instead of down. We have had uh, uh, a lack of investment in basic infrastructure in this country. And then when the celebrations are over, the next president will walk into the Oval Office and waiting there will be a stack of problems. Problems inherited from a failed administration. An economy that is not working for the vast majority of Americans, but well for the wealthy and the well-connected. In 2004, I was a strong Howard Dean supporter. When he lost Iowa, I got involved. I was cold calling undecided voters, I was waving homemade signs on the street, donating money. But it was easy to get discouraged, and his campaign imploded and never recovered. I kept a speech remix to remember what that excitement had been like. I'm a doctor, and I was proud to be governor of Vermont. 
where we balanced our budgets, where we made sure that every single child in our state had health insurance, where we're proud to be the stewards of our land and natural resources, where we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all are created equal, that all are endowed with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and where we, like all Americans, love our country and want to see her flag stand for freedom and justice for all. Four years later, we have new candidates. After Iowa, I studied the issues, reflected on what a woman president would mean for my own daughters, and made the decision to support Hillary. On the surface, Howard Dean and Hillary seem different. Maybe the enthusiasm among new voters for Obama is a closer match to Dean. But at a different level, Dean and Hillary are alike in their support for universal health care and a fighting attitude that we need in November. We as Democrats have to be willing to fight for universal health care. And what I concluded... When I was looking at this, because I got the same kind of advice, which was, it's controversial, you'll run into all of this uh, buzzsaw, and I've said, been there, done that, but if you don't start by saying you're going to achieve universal health care, you will be nibbled to death. You have to bite this bullet. You have to say, yes, we are going to try to get to universal health care. On January 31st, I made my first donation to Hillary's campaign. I was committed. Many of my friends supported Obama, so I had to know the candidates twice as well. It would have been easy to change my mind and ride the Obama wave, but sometimes, to know what you really stand for, you have to be in the minority. So surrounded by the other side that you question your decision and reaffirm the choice. We have the Bill of Rights to protect us against the tyranny of the majority, but there's also the momentum of the majority, which sweeps over opinion like it did with Kerry in the 2004 primaries. Everyone wants to vote for a winner. If you want fairness and sound judgment, you have to be extra careful, because it's hard to go against the flow. I was also fascinated with how Obama was winning. Hillary was running on issues, health care and the economy. But Obama was running on an idea, hope and change. His supporters created a YouTube video called Yes We Can that ran with these themes. It was a creed written into the founding documents that declared the destiny of the nation. Yes we can. It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists It's a great video. The frustrating part for Hillary supporters, perhaps, is that it's all emotion. How do you run a campaign against emotion, against an idea? Usually experience will win over ideas alone, but this time it wasn't working. People were distant to Hillary and refused to connect on an emotional level. The day before the New Hampshire primary, Hillary was asked a question she didn't expect, and she let her guard down. 
many voters saw her passion for the first time. You know, I have so many opportunities from this country. I just don't want to see us fall backwards. You know, so. You know, this, this is very personal for me. It's not just political. It's not just public. I see what's happening. And we have to reverse it. And some people think elections are a game. They think it's like who's up or who's down. It's about our country. It's about our kids' futures. And it's really about all of us together. You know, some of us put ourselves out there and do this against some pretty difficult odds. And we do it, each one of us, because we care about our country. I think her supporters are starting to understand the power Obama has in videos like Yes We Can. A similar video hit YouTube later, a montage of Hillary's life and successes set to Alicia Keys. Well, you are not invisible to me. Hillary is the strongest female candidate for president of the United States that we have ever had and may ever have for years to come. It's very disheartening to hear so much sexism in the media or on blogs, but state by state, the Democratic Party is consistently 55 to 60 percent women, and this helps her at the polls. This brings me to a more personal side of the campaign. Beyond my desire for universal health care, for someone with the experience and intellect to bring a comprehensive approach to the economy and energy planning, I have daughters of my own who will grow up and become teenagers, the defining moment of their lives during a woman presidency. I've been addicted to the campaign, and as both candidates turn their efforts to Texas, I've been making notes of campaign stops. One day last week, I opened iCal and typed, Hillary in San Antonio. And as I did, one of my daughters, seven years old, came up and said, Hillary is in San Antonio. Can we go? Two days later, I picked them up at school with a bag of books and snacks and pencils for homework, and we hit I-35 South. I felt this was a great opportunity. It's about a two-hour drive from Austin with traffic. And halfway there, my daughters pulled the camera out and pretended to be news reporters covering the trip. We're going to see Hillary Clinton on, um, in real life. She's going to be talking about what she's going to do. It's going to be a big cheer. What she's going to do when she, if she gets president. She wants all, she wants everyone to vote for her. Because she really is working hard on this. Then we saw the line waiting to get in. There were at least three to 4,000 people in front of us. But we waited, discussed the chances of getting in as the sun set and television helicopters hovered overhead. In the end, we didn't make the cut. They closed the doors with still a few hundred people ahead of us. 
Then there was a moan of chaos as a campaign staffer told everyone to cross the police tape line, and everyone who didn't make it ran down the hill next to the arena, filling the overflow field. Just minutes earlier, my daughters were impatient, tired. It was already past their bedtime on a school night. But now we were holding hands, running to the front as they screamed happily, caught up in the emotion of the crowd. We waited, chanted, held signs, and Hillary came out to give a second speech to everyone waiting outside. And as we walked back to the car afterwards, I knew the trip had been worth it because of the smiles on their faces and the words on their lips that they too wanted to be president when they grew up. So now we wait again for Wisconsin, for Texas and Ohio, for Pennsylvania and the convention. But even if Hillary falls short, the Democratic Party has made history this year and January 2009 can't come soon enough. Thanks for listening. <laughs>